Hello, everyone, and at long last, welcome back. It's a full 40 with Chris, Rob, and Willie, part of the Nova Insider Network. We are talking to you. It is June 4th at 9.05 p.m., recording our season finale episode, The 40s, um, where we will cover a wide range of topics because we got a lot going on. Like It's going to get weird. A lot happened. We were going to do the 40s in like April. And then it was like, well, the portal's still open. This Hunter Dickinson saga is still playing out. We'll keep it open for that. And then it was like, all right, we're going to do the 40s like a couple weeks ago. And then all of a sudden we got another transfer. <laughs> it's like, and then Shaq left. And then like all this stuff's happening. We're like, well, we kind of got to get the the roster set before we, before we do this episode. We waited long enough. You might as well wait until it's done. Very true. So we got a lot going on today. Um, it is Rob's last episode. We'll hit that in a minute. We're going to cover Rob. Rob's last episode. We'll probably start there. Um, we will introduce you to the, uh, the next co-host Ooh. of the full 40. Um, we will do the 40s. We'll talk about the portal. And we'll talk about everything that's happened this offseason. And we'll uh, finish it off by what's to come. There was a press release that we put out on Friday. Um, what's to come with the Nova Insider Network and a lot of things that we're excited about there. We will be joined on this episode by a couple special guests. One will be our next co-host, but he'll be a guest for this episode. And I gave away something there. It's a he. Um, and then it will also be uh, we'll also be joined by Chris Nataro from Villanova Tip Time, who will join us for the 40s and join us uh, for some of the portal talk and to talk about the future of the Nova Insider Network. Tommy Godin was supposed to join us. Um, as you saw, he just put out um, his new show, The Mainline Minute, which we're very excited about. Uh, but Rob changed the entire fucking. I I totally screwed up our scheduling. I told everybody I was like, Tommy's running from the grind. Don't let it. Don't let him fool you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and yeah, Rob screwed the whole thing up. And like fucking half this episode's about him. So we need to. I hope he's like he's like I hope half. (laughs) You guys are gonna be talking a lot. It's gonna be half. So you you do you. (laughs) Uh, But. But a lot of this episode is about Rob being this, this being his last episode of the full 40. So we had to include him. And, and so as a result, Tommy can't join. So, so fuck you, Rob. And I think that's a good place to start. Fuck you, Rob. You're that is an the appropriate podcast. transition. That's right. That's You're leaving right. the podcast. How dare you? I know. In all seriousness, how are you feeling? Is it weird that this is your last episode? Are you, you going know, to come back and join us as a guest? Like, yeah, what's going yeah, yeah. on? No, I'll definitely, I'll definitely come back for sure. Um, it, it's actually not that weird um, because I think it's been a really good transition, and I think especially with the the announcement that you put out the other day, it makes me even actually more excited because I think me stepping back allows the podcast and then like the Nova Insider Network to kind of take its natural next step anyway and its natural evolution. 
and for some more voices who I think are going to do an awesome job to come to the table. So I think it's it's a good evolution. Um, you know, for me and and for us, it's obviously been like such a fun run and like doing this for five years is kind of wild looking back on it, starting from, you know, I won't reminisce too much, but it's, you know, we started from nothing. And I remember like our early podcast, we were joking about like, oh yeah, you know, like Josh texted us this or like this player texted us that. And now it's like to evolve to like, oh, well, yeah, that, that actually happens. And like, we chat with these guys a lot um, and going from, hey, we're begging people to listen to, hey, you know, you've got thousands of listeners and people are recognizing you when you go to games or when you go to happy hours and stuff like that. Um, it's just been, it's been really cool to, to see that evolution, to be part of that, to be able to contribute to something that hopefully a, a fair number of people in the Nova family have, have enjoyed and really come along for the ride. So definitely a big thanks to all the listeners and obviously, you know, big thanks to to Chris for putting up with me. I know it was a, it was certainly a journey early on. I remember, my God, we spent so many fucking hours editing podcasts early on trying to like, we spent so much time. People don't understand this. We spent so much time trying to reduce the silences between when we talked and we thought like that was the most important thing in our podcast just umpteen hours and then we got to the point where it's like uh, we really don't give a shit um and it's like coming from that to to where we are today it's like you know you've got a bunch of people a bunch of great people on here you know willie joined brian joined rachel joined and now you know our next evolution and we'll introduce our, our new co-host in a little bit it's just been amazing to see and you know to our listeners it's been you know definitely Thanks to you guys for putting up with me and and choosing to to listen to me, especially who, you know, honestly, Chris and I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but Chris fakes it better than I do. So uh, you somehow put up with me uh, for a few years, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, and yeah, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be back. I'm not totally disappearing. Um, so I'll be around and you can definitely pop in when I've got some some stuff to say. So, um, you know, I just got some other stuff that I'm, I'm going to prioritize in a little bit more going forward. So. Um, but yeah, it's been obviously a fun run and, and always be part of the, uh, the full 40 family for sure. Yeah. Rob, I'll just be honest. Like, obviously you and I go way back, um, to freshman year when we were 2005, 2006, um, uh, that season, but also just like getting to know you by being on campus and went to games together constantly, just like whatever. And like the whole thought that we had when we started the podcast, like I distinctly remember the entire sequence of events. It was 2018 season. We were, I think we had noodled around the idea of a podcast yeah, before yeah. that. But we were, we were at our buddy Sandro's house, um, in, in, uh, apartment. And it was the weirdest thing because we were there watching the Butler game, but yep. also because he was like formulating what would then become Sanzo, which has taken off as a company. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of creation going on in that room that totally. day. Yeah. And uh, and we were watching the Butler game, kind of commenting, whatever. Then we go out, we're drinking the entire time. We go out, have some barbecue, throwing back a bunch of whiskey and beer. And I, I think it basically was like, let's fucking do a podcast. Like you won't. Like, and it was like we kind of like dared ourselves into starting this whole thing up. Um, and it's been, it's obviously been, it's been awesome. Uh, yeah. and that whole season kind of, obviously, as we've long said, a really good time to start a podcast is during a national championship season. I just definitely recommend yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's just recommended in general. So if you can just preempt 
you starting a podcast and choose it for a national championship season. I think Leader Johnson actually would say start a podcast now. Um, but you know, he's like saying, saying this is this team coming up this year is a 2018 team Redux. So or they're, ben, they're the most talented. I mean, more talent. More talent. Child. So, <laughs> so yeah. anyway, start a podcast in national championship season. Definitely recommended. But but I remember sitting with you like this is clear as day. This is like one of our favorite memories. We're sitting with you. We're like in a lobby of the team hotel in the oh God, at the final so four. Good. And nobody knew who we were. We were sitting there with microphones talking, obviously recording. And people were walking up being like, do you know where the tickets are? And it was, it was like, we don't so work. Good. We it don't was, work. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not, we're not part of this, but we're kind of part of it. We're not part of it. So I love, I love that. The, the biggest thing, like the kind of full circle moment for me was, um, you know, full circle 180, as Jason Kidd said, or whatever it was. Um, we're going to turn this, turn this thing around 360 degrees, um, was going back to the final four last year. And like the difference being like going around to people and like still trying to promote the podcast and basically everybody's like, yeah, yeah I, know, I know who you are. Like yeah. I already listened. And you're like, oh, okay. It was like five years ago. It was literally, you were like, well, that was a podcast. Like, okay, sure. I'll take this piece of paper. And it was just it was wild, like wildly different. Um, yeah, it's been a, a crazy, crazy journey for sure. And arguably our our moment where I think that kind of put us more on the map was the Shaq fit episode. Yeah. Back going back a few years. And yeah. obviously with his news that he's leaving, and we'll get into that a little bit more from like a conversation standpoint, but like with his news that he's that he departed the program, it also feels a little bit apropos. There's a lot of transition. Yeah. Um, so I do think I, I get why you're moving on. Um, you know, candidly to everyone listening, there will come a time where I'm going to move on to, uh, that time is not yet. Um, I've committed to this for at least another year, probably, probably two more, but we'll see. Uh, but, but I'm, you know, I'm staying on and we have a big transition coming. Uh, but we're, but we're, but we're really excited. Rob, obviously you're one of my best friends. Um, I'm going to miss you on these podcasts. It's been, it's been our way of staying connected in a lot of ways from going back, especially through like the COVID era, et cetera. So oh God. kudos to you. Um, job well done. Congratulations on your next steps. Um, and, uh, and uh, set to see you go, but happy to, uh, to watch you moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, you guys said everything. I'm the new guy in the room. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm about to be the second newest guy in the room, but uh, no, I mean, Rob, it's been great. Um, been really just a joy to like watch you grow over the last five years and to then become part of that growth. I know we're still going to be in touch. We're still going to talk. So I'm not too, sure. nothing more I need to say about this than what you guys already said. Cause I mean, you guys are the heart and soul of this and as trans transition, we're going to keep growing and expanding, but it's been really great, Rob. It's been a blast. I was talking about this with Nicole. I was like, she's like, are you going to get cut off the text chain? I was like, Ooh, I don't know. I kind of hope not. It's kind of fun. So, I think we could leave yeah. you on the text. Yeah, chain. Well, I think that could be arranged. That's good. That's good. I think that yeah. could be arranged. All right. With that being said, we have a reveal. So to the next co-host of the full 40, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Good evening to absolutely nobody except for Chris, Rob, Willie, Brian, and the rest of the Full 40 listeners. Uh, at long last, I get to reveal myself. I'm Trevor Kerwer, and I am thrilled to be here. Boom. Trevor Kerwer, Boom. next co-host of the Full 40. The Full 40 will 
in next season be the full 40 with Chris, Willie, and Trevor. Um, so we do have a new co-host. I'm super pumped. I love that intro. If you don't know who he is, he's the guy who does the morning tweet every day. Everyone looks forward to it. Trevor's the guy. We we had known this for a, a while, <laughs> a long <Okay>. time, <laughs> a very long time. Um, and we couldn't be more excited to get the NIL deal done to get him part of the podcast. We had to drop we had to drop a bag, but you know, we did what we had to do. <laughs> I for one, Trevor, I don't want to take away from you doing it from your own account, but like I need to see a couple of the good morning to absolutely no ones from the full 40 account. It it could be arranged. I um yeah, I, I definitely uh I don't need to hog that uh, spotlight anymore. It, it kind of got to the point with some of the games this year that I was like, man, am I still really doing this? For We just lost to Portland last night. Do I really have to send this tweet this morning? <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely fun. And just like I, I searched that phrase on my own Twitter the other day just to like – I couldn't remember where the first one came from. Um, and it was I, – I, I, Still couldn't tell you what game it was exactly, but it was just like just the picture of Jalen Brunson's Cats play tonight, go Cats tweet or something like that. So I guess it was 2019 or or 2020. Um, but I was looking at that and it's like, yeah, eight favorites. And now like I'm it's just it's funny how like you said, like people get excited over it. Um, I've been approached out before by someone's like you're the good morning guy and i'm like my friends are all like what is he talking about i was like <laughs> i have a, a niche uh a niche spot in the villanova basketball twitter world where I, I just do this bit and um and i joked with my friends the other day that if if nothing else i'm committed to the bit so you know here i am i love it I'll have we're you, nothing I'll, but committed to the yeah. bit. <laughs> i'll have you know trevor it's been so big that like not that you would ever have noticed this I stopped liking it this year because I was like, we maybe it's going to flip the juju. If I stop liking the tweet in the morning, maybe we're going to start winning. It did nothing. But I liked to that level. I was like, when he tweets it, I can't like it. I have to move on. My, uh, my favorite one was, I guess, uh, I woke up late or I was moving late one morning and Alan Ray tweeted at me like, hey, man, like, what's going on? <laughs> Where's the tweet? Do the thing. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Which was like, which was the stick, come on. Very, <laughs> like, yeah, very, uh, that was like, oh, man, this is like, this is actually a thing. Like, I, I guess I have to keep doing this. <laughs> I so think it funny. has to still come from his account, but probably you can give him access to the Twitter account and then he could just retweet it from the full yeah. 40 account every time. So. Uh, you got to keep up the bit. I'm sorry. Like, oh, I, yeah, like, and it, it got me this far. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're locked into that. Sorry. Yeah. But, 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 Trevor, 45 years old uh, on the morning of my kids, you know, first communion or something, having to tweet "Good morning" from uh, from the car ride or something, you know. <laughs> but Trevor, give everyone your bona fides. So you graduated from Villanova. You, you you've been a fan for even before you went to Villanova. So give everyone kind of a little bit of that. So everyone has a flavor yeah, for, for um, your background. So class of 2019, I uh like Chris said, I uh I grew up a Villanova fan. My my dad, uh my uncles, aunts, grandfather, my grandfather was classmates with Paul Harrison. So we we're back there. He he always joked that, you know, that guy had asthma. That's he never ran up and down the court. He would just stand and shoot. So that's uh with uh Jay Wright's tweet about how he invented the jump shot the other day. That was kind of um kind of appropriate, I guess. Um but yeah, lifelong Villanova fan, only place I ever wanted to go to college. 
my earliest basketball memory is a, a Villanova St. Joe's game in the old pavilion. I don't even know what year, but I remember uh, leaving the game and walking to Delory. That was my dad's dorm freshman year, and he was just showing us around. I was with my brother, and we called my mom to tell her that the Hawk was dead. He's a St. Joe's grad. Um, but, yeah, just only place I ever wanted to go. Um, showed up at the right time, 2016, for that uh, that magical run. And then after that, I was kind of inspired and um, committed to the bit a little bit further and became the uh, one of the Wildcats, um, which ended up being the worst-kept secret on campus. Just to be clear. Will be cat. I was Will be cat, yes, yes. Ended up being, like, the worst-kept secret on campus. Like, I would – on campus, off campus, my mom would just be talking to someone on the phone and be like, my son is the mascot there. Like, you know, like this. And I just like, mom, can you, can we not have this be the first thing that you mention to people when you introduce me or speak about me? Like, it's, it's really not supposed to be out there like that. Um, but that turned into like, into a great ride. Um, met a lot of my best friends through that. Um, definitely a lot of great memories traveling to games and, doing appearances, going to people's weddings um, as, as Wildy Cat, and um, just a lot of exposure to things that I never would have thought existed in the, in the background sort of thing. And um, that was a fun ride. And, and here I am committing further and uh, jumping on a podcast. Love it. Is the concern of not getting the cat's identity out there because they think people think it's a real cat or they're worried that like people are going to track you down for like out of costume high fives? Like what's the risk, would you say? I think it's more for my own sake. Like nobody needs to know that that's me losing the dance contest in front of 20,000 people at Wells Fargo. Like that was probably the one of the most humbling moments of my life was the uh, 2018 Sweet 16 Elite Eight games where we had my the footage is out there somewhere. And then the um the Purdue or the yeah, it was the Purdue game and the Mount St. Mary's game where I just got absolutely destroyed in these dance contests. The ones in Boston at the at the TD Garden, I could not hear the song. I didn't think any music was playing, but little did I know it was like my turn. So I literally didn't do a dance move. I'm just walking in a circle around the other guy and people you know people start booing me and this and that and it's like a business trip though so i kind of yeah. see your, your yeah it was so definitely how good, some, wait how good of a dancer are you though i'm a horrible dancer okay like, so, I wasn't, so the ceiling was real low was, anyway the ceiling so, was the roof yeah. as uh, yeah. as the the great one said you know it, it was never going to be good but it's just especially worse when like my brother's there filming it from the nosebleeds and i'm just like please delete this video i don't need to see it and then I think like my high point or low point, however you want to describe it, was there's a viral clip out there of the Mount St. Mary's. I think it was Mount St. Mary's. Who do we play before Purdue in 2019? Uh, it was not Mount St. Mary's. It was St. Mary's. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> that guy could – I am I was sizing him up. We had like a joint locker room before the game. I'm like looking at this kid. I'm like, okay, I, I can hold my own for this. Like I – I had some friends on the dance team that that were took pity on me and, and tried to help me out a little bit. So I had a plan. I had I had a plan. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Like this guy starts spitting on his head and break dancing. And it's I all I could do was just walk. I walked off the court. Like there's a video 
I have it somewhere of me just walking off the court. And, um, <laughs> and that was, I was just like, it was, it was my second to last game. Cause the last game was the Purdue game, Carson Edwards. I was just like, I I'm, I'm done. I I'm totally washed. Let me, let me get somebody life. else in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, I think I dabbed on him. I think that was my revenge. Um, that was that era. Um, <laughs> I used to always roughhouse with the uh, mascot when I was in school. And then someone told me it was a girl senior year. And I felt bad. Cause like, I would like give him noogies and like kind of punch him in the stomach. And then it's like, I'm actually just hurting a person, girl or guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. We have feelings. Themselves. Yeah. We have Everybody feelings. always asks who the wildcat is. Nobody ever asks how the wildcat is. Ooh. Yeah. That's the byline for this episode. <laughs> that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, that's, deep. That's from a viral, uh, like viral tweet. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to go any further than that. I think if you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't cite our sources here. Anything you say is original. Yeah, yeah. I, I am sad to find out the wildcat is not a real cat, though. So thanks for ruining yeah, that. Yeah, it's a happy last go, day, Rob. Go fuck you guys. <laughs> what was? I think his name was Count Villain. Was that the name of like when it was a wildcat? What? Count yeah, Villain? when they had a live. So that's what that Twitter account comes from, I think. Yeah. Um, Count Villain. They did v? have an actual like live bobcat or whatever it was. It was yeah. called Count Villain or something like that. That's a terrible name. Yeah. Not great. That's yeah. terrible. Count Villain. <laughs> Well, but, but now that I know that, you know. now that I, I had no idea, but now that's that I know that, that that's the that, origin of that Twitter account. Yeah. That Twitter account is way better. It's like, just like, that's a, that's a sick reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it deep is, cut. Yeah. It's very deep cut for sure. Yeah. I got a Villanova history book somewhere here. Like, Speaking <laughs> of throwbacks and this and we're we're just about to bring Chris and Tara and get into the forties. But speaking of throwbacks, I just got to say this one more time. They had that dunk replay of Kerry Kittles in the Big East tournament. We need 90s throwbacks. It needs to fucking happen. 100%. Right now. Like, period. There's no reason why it shouldn't happen. Absolutely. Now, you, now, I only know this since I grew up here and I'm a genius. Do you remember how long we had those jerseys, Chris? I think it was three years. I think it was two. <laughs> they were not very well received. Even in the 90s, they didn't like them. Yeah, it was like capitalizing on like, it looks like a zany, rainy logo. Like, it it had to be like a Jurassic Park, like, because that was like a thing. But it was like, but like, it just, it didn't work at the time. I agree though. I'd like to see it once. The 90s are so hot right now. Rather than that, like, I think we can do like a more muted version of it that like works. I I don't want to see an, an exact replica. I'm gonna be very honest. What's well, better than those jerseys that look like University of Delaware that we apparently wore in 1927? That like no, not anyone has a memory of. Oh, the gold ones? You mean? Yeah, yeah. the ones where you're watching are Michigan. Michigan. Ones are great. No, they're great. they're not they're the Jack Craft ones. Yeah, they're, they're better than the gray ones we had. Remember I mean, the, the gray ones are the, the worst ever with like the church outline. Yeah. No, not the worst ever. Sorry. The, the uh the ones with the numbers oh. like in the center of the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. With that's the big Z. Just we're, we're 14, we're that's the Darren Hilliard jersey. He had his yeah, best games. It was a Nike thing that we did. We wore it versus UConn. We wore it some, someone else. We yeah. we so got bad. eliminated by UConn wearing those, I think. We deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. This is interesting. Um w- Willie, what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, so I'm on 100 years of Villanova basketball jerseys. Like, they have, like, this link, article, link to put it in the chat. And I'm just, like, going through them. Like, oh, this is – it's showing the evolution of them all. And I just haven't seen them all in one, in one order. All right. 
right, so let's move on. So, so Chris, welcome. Chris Nataro, host of Villanova Tip Time. Welcome to hey, the bro. show. How's it going? Good, 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 good. So we we've done a couple things so far. We've we've given our farewell nice comments to Rob, so you don't have to worry about being nice to Rob um, for the rest of the episode. We've welcomed Trevor Kerwer, who will be the next co-host of the Full Forty. Um, so that the is a live. New. What's up? The new new. The new new. That's right. So. So we've 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 done a lot of things. Or we've accomplished a lot. We actually have to talk some Villanova basketball, uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna jump into the forties. So so welcome. You're 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 part of it. Uh, so right. so I think Willie is going to lead us and has a handful of awards and topics for us to discuss. They will, as always, we hand off theoretical bottles of malt liquor um to the winners of these awards so so congratulations in advance i hope you guys enjoy you could be whatever malt liquor that you enjoy whether it's the old english whether it's a colt 45 whatever whatever you want the theoretical bottle of malt liquor to be you can have it you can have it your way like bk all right so let's get into it um so it's the 40s. We're going to hand start off with, we're going to start off, I think we're going to start off just kind of talking about a little bit of the games. I want to get more into some of the more theoretical ones, but I want to kind of talk about game of the year. We're going to start just, let's wrap up the season. We don't want to talk too much about this. We're going to end with Alpha Dog probably, but we also always, we all know who that's going to be. So we'll save that. But game of the year, I'm taking all nominations. What I'm nominating is two, I'm nominating two games, frankly. One is the first game back, Wells Fargo Center, Oklahoma. Cam Whitmore comes back and actually injects some sort of life after the debacle in Portland. Um, it was a game where we got to see, I think Cam probably only scored like, what, seven points, but we saw flashes of everything. We won a game versus a Oklahoma was better than. They ended up kind of being kind of trash, so we don't want to talk about that for too much, but Huge game. That was a game where I was like, oh, and we even said on the pockets, like, you know, maybe we can rip off, you know, three, four in a row. And we did. We got to be seven and five. And I was like, I don't know. Can we beat UConn? The answer to that was no. But great game to kind of start positive vibes. That's my nomination for game of the year. Uh, I, the Creighton game at home. But like, I, I'm sorry, I have to take the obvious one there. The Creighton yep. game at home was our best overall performance of the season. It came right after beating Xavier, um, which maybe someone that's, else's that's nomination. Mine. I was going to yeah. say Xavier away was going to be mine. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So we got that nominated. Throw that in the mix. Yeah. Um, so the context of all both of those games, we can give them, we can put them both up in the nomination category right now. Is is we lose? Dustin Moore comes back. We lose three games in a row, but they were all like tight. Um, we get a little bit of a couple get right games um, in a row at home. I think it was like Butler and Paul and one other one. Um, and following those get right games, oh, Seton Hall was in there too. Following those get right games, we finally go on the road and win a tight game, like final possession type game um, with Justin Moore burying a dagger three. So that's why the Xavier game comes in. Then we come back to the Wells Fargo Center at that moment of time in the season 
we were like, fuck, if we can go on a and rip off a bunch of wins right now, like, like maybe we can find our like back our way into an at large, but we had to like rip off a ton into the Big East tournament. Um, we come back home, Brayton at home, and we absolutely demolished them. It was like owned that game. It looked like old Villanova. Eric Dixon goes fucking bananas, and that's my nomination. And then obviously the Xavier game, the tight, the tight game at Xavier at the Cintas Center. Um, ultimately a sweet 16 team in Xavier, uh, was, uh, was, uh, Trevor and Chris's nomination. All right. And anything else? Yeah. yeah the, maybe, yeah, the maybe, only thing I would Liberty, add Because it brought the season to a close. Fair Liberty. point. <laughs> sweet, sweet mercy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. So for those who didn't hear that, cause there was a couple of, there was a little bit of background noise, but Liberty is Rob's nomination because he was like, bring this shit to Admission. an end. I like yeah. that one. Put that in the mix. The sweet release of death game of the year. <laughs> the only thing I would add about Xavier away is like, for whatever reason, since Xavier has joined the Big East, like Cintas Center has been this like hyped uh, away sort of atmosphere that's a really hard place to win even though i would say villanova has had a much easier time with xavier statistically uh than they have with butler uh so i don't know that the villanova fan base really quite like fears xavier in any in any sort of real way um i feel like the Sintas center has sort of this reputation or has earned a reputation and so i feel like that was the point in this season where we won that game on the road uh you know justin moore looked like himself again uh, dropping 25 in that game or around there. And I I feel like that was the moment of the season where it was like, oh man, they're going to make me believe again. Like it, it was sort of the the peak February optimism. Well, I guess uh, February optimism really peaked after the Creighton game after that. But like that Xavier win is really what was like, wait a minute here. Like maybe we're not done. Uh, so that was why that one just kind of sticks out to, to me when I look through the schedule. There you go. Chris, do we vote on this? I don't remember. Or is it just kind, kind of, of all just kind yeah, of... Is, am I making whatever. an executive judgment here? Yeah. I think it's probably Creighton. Uh, so, great. I had Oklahoma and Creighton written down. I would probably give it to Creighton. That was... Right, I was skiing that weekend. I wasn't actually watching a game, but I, like, look at my phone I'm like, holy shit, we're up, like, 10. But Willie's one of those weird people who, when he says he'll watch the replay, he fucking watches the replay. Oh, yeah, like, completely. Everyone else who says, I'm going to watch the replay, like, watches highlights. <laughs> no, no, no. I will go back through. I, I, every game's DVR'd. If I'm not able to watch it, I'm back there rewatching it later. Um, it's a sickness I have. Uh, to me, it was the Creighton game because that was like the most Villanova basketball e game that we played the whole entire it season. It felt like that was the team that we hoped we could see for the whole year. That was our, that was our peak, frankly. Just hope. Just hope. Cool. Trevor, Chris, you guys. Um, the only other thing for, I have a, I have a cousin that went to Xavier. So any, every time we play them and, and can pull a win out against them, it's just like extra, extra, uh, cherry on top for me. Um, so that was nice because they had won. I think they won their first one away, like in our building this year. So getting them back at, at their place was, was nice for me, but I agree. Creighton was, was definitely the peak. Um, yeah, I, I go Creighton. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a toss up, so you can I begrudgingly consent to Creighton, so we can move on to the next. One. <laughs> I I'm I'm gonna interject. Um, I'm gonna interject one, a funny one, just to throw it out there. Narrative: One of us 
doesn't have to be it could be any of us in this podcast narrative that we were most right about we were wrong about a lot this year but as was everybody but narrative that one of us was most correct on probably i want to go first i want to go first i said that we would make the tournament and chris said we'd be more likely to cut the nets down yeah that was that's a, that was a rough one yeah <laughs> yeah brian that's a good one it's a good one brian that's a good one i think my hating on slater which uh was a carryover from last year and <laughs> pushing down the the hype train on that and i never i never rebought in somehow people rebought into the potential of brandon slater this year i didn't i was fortunate to not make any public predictions so um but internally, well, trevor I've, trevor you won't have that luxury anymore i know but... i know um <laughs> internally and like in my my uh basketball group chats just that um the coaching staff was probably going to get shaken up thinking that we would have some departures and hopefully Ashley Howard would come back. Um, so that that was a good one for me. I'm gonna be honest, I think I have a bunch of misses this year. Even the good, bad, I don't think I hit any narratives, which honestly Yeah, we were we are we looking for misses or, or hits? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I forgot. Hits, I, I had hit, a hit. Hits, hits. So Brian had a good hit, right? Yeah. Rob had a decent hit there. Um I, I'm gonna throw mine out. The thing I was most right on was UConn. Oh yeah, spot. I knew that. Was um, gonna, ooh, yeah, ooh, right. I've got, I've got, I've got another one. I'm right on. But go ahead, finish your UConn thing. That's true. No, you, I, you, I mean, you were I, right I don't have UConn. to say much else. I yeah. was. That's true. There was <laughs> everyone a, there was knows. There's an ebb and flow on that because we gave you shit up front and they swooned. We're like, yeah, fuck this shit. But then they won the daddy. So that's a. That's a <laughs> they won the daddy easily. <laughs> easily. Yeah. yeah. Last I, one I had because I just remember this was. Um, I remember debating this at the beginning of the year. I said we were actually not a good three-point shooting team, and we just weren't a good. Yeah, that's a good one. Team. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. still disagree. We were fine, <laughs> dude. We were we we're ranked two hundredth in the country. We're not a good three-point shooting team. That's literally halfway. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think my best hit this year was not related to a current Villanova basketball player. It was Jalen Brunson being a superstar for the New York Knicks. I was. So loud about that around the time of that sign, leading up to that signing, around that signing. I went to war in in Nick's Twitter when they were saying he was overpaid as like the 15th or 16th highest paid point guard. And I think most Villanovans were generally supportive of that, like like it being a good thing that Jalen Brunson was on the Knicks. But I was very early and very loud. And then by midseason, it was like, Jalen Brunson's a superstar. Who would have known? And it's like, this guy. Me. I, I, <laughs> Um, I mean, everyone who went to Villanova kind of understood that, like, the good Villanova basketball player might be good at basketball in general. <laughs> I, I, but I went so deep on that. Like, if he had been a bust, like, I would have had to eat a lot of crow. <laughs> he, every every time he put up a uh, an All NBA performance, I was like that. You know, that gif of Nicolas Cage like walking out with his hair flowing. Like, <laughs> so that's that's my that's mine for the season, which I guess says. How how good of a college basketball season we all had this year, unfortunately. All right. So uh, I'm moving on to the next one. What was the winner? Oh, what was the winner of this? I honestly, like, I, I think we're all kind of like pretty good here. Chris, I'm going to give it to you because UConn won the title. And that was the one across the entire season. Honestly, we were poo-pooing you. Um, like like Rob said, we were kind of on your side in the beginning of the year. And then the Big East happened to UConn. And that was just kind of 
it was a mess for them, but whatever. They pulled it together. So I think that's like the earliest win on record. You were on the pod saying it. You were on Twitter saying it. You had Brian fighting you about <laughs> you positive UConn stuff. Though, though you did say they could go undefeated. Yes. That, that was a rational that is a, that is Undefeated, a and then they lost every game in January. But they did go undefeated, not in Big East play. Like, every other time. They could have gone undefeated. That's yeah. a possibility, so I don't think we should clown them for that. That can happen. Can go undefeated. <laughs> Never has happened, but it could. So Chris, uh, we're gonna give it to you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm I gonna actually would vote for Brian. I think. I think my. We had a whole podcast dedicated to how fucking stupid we were, dude. <laughs> I made fun of him at the time for that, like for the next week. <laughs> yeah, that's also really good. I want to give it to Brian. I'm giving the forty, Brian. Okay, enjoy I some give it to you. You queef it to Brian. Nice. I'll queef it to Brian. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, keep it going. So this really next one's a new one I created. Um, it's just called the plan. They're all of- new ones that you yeah. Created. But um, this one's brand new. At least I don't think you guys have done it before. The player of your nightmares. This goes to the opposing player who just in the game just absolutely rattled you to your core. It, it could be you know it could be a really like whatever whoever it's gonna be. My nomination is Moses Wood from Portland. I don't know if you remember Moses Wood, but he was the four white forward <laughs> number one who he ended up 16 and six versus us. But it wasn't like the numbers. It was just absolutely core rattling what he was doing to us. We had no answer for him. Moses Wood, here's your bottle. I mean, here's your nomination, your bottle of malt liquor. It's all you. That that game ruined me. So we can't nominate one of our own. Yeah. I was, I was Honestly, go for it. I got, I got <laughs> um I'm going to pick, since we just, we talked about the UConn thing, I'm going to pick Jordan Hawkins because it was like, I, I felt like when we played them at Wells Fargo Center, that was like the final moment where it was like, where it was like, if we can win this game, we just might be able to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. And then we got obliterated because they started to get on their heater. I have photos and- of my soul leaving my body during that game. <laughs> Gus <laughs> Johnson going crazy in front of me and just like you can see I think it's my Twitter profile picture right now I just like I, there's no soul behind those eyes like Jordan Hawkins man he fucking touched the ball and it was going through that. he was the definition of on fire he had like a Chris Jenkins like march it was so I was gonna, good I was gonna say he's not even like a three-point shooter but he was just like hitting everything he was he's like he's, the best three-point shooter he's in the a country. very good three-point shooter <laughs> really yeah. He's, gonna, oh, he's yeah. gonna go. He's gonna go top fifteen in the draft because he's an elite three point shooter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking not of Hawkins. Um, You're thinking Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I was thinking Jackson. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Jackson okay. can't hit a three pointer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. Andre Jackson's three point shot kind of looks like Jermaine Samuels because it goes yeah, even, yeah, even yeah. less. Yeah, it goes in even less. Although he hits it against us. Yeah, it's I'm, been a minute. I I'm so torn right now between what's that the. Uh, Lukot, Simas, against us. That's gonna be my uh, I think that I think that because like he was the first. I couldn't remember his name, his like full name off the top of my head, but he was the face that I saw when you asked the question, Lily. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, the other one, I'm um, is Damian Dunn from Temple because it was like. 
we had like a solid first game. We were all like all happy. We saw everything we wanted to see in the first game. Then we lost the second game of the year to Temple, and Damian Dunn had a fantastic game and buried us. Um, but I think it's I think it's Lukosius. I think that's a really good pull. Who was it from DePaul that went off? Was it Mo Gibson that went off on us? Ooh, I think it was. Ooh. I mean, oh, whatever. I, for, I forgot we lost to DePaul this year also. That's yeah, awesome. we did. We lost to DePaul. Yeah. Happened. That's awesome. That happened. Yeah. That happened this In year. reviewing my low point of the season, that came up, yeah. <laughs> it was Deshaun Nelson had 24 on us. Oh, Deshaun, Deshaun Nelson. Nelson. No, I can't vote. I love Deshaun Nelson. So yeah. I, I can't vote against – I can't vote – it's weird because it's like I'm voting for him, but like it's also a nightmare fuel guy. But he's not my nightmare fuel guy. I like him inspired. You like him, John yeah. Nelson. Yeah. yeah. So, so I won't vote for that. So, honestly, Seamoss um, like, Lucocious is Lukosius such a good pull. I feel pull. like I'm pulling. I feel like I'm really going for that one. Yeah, I think it's Lucocious there. I think we have quorum. It's Lucocious. Yeah. I just remember like screaming when he was pulling up from like four or five feet beyond the arc. He dropped 28 in that game. And like, he did, I did, he did have a great uh, second game against us, but I was, yeah, I'd say that was going to be my, my nomination. All right. The next one. So we were talking a bit about narratives that we hit on. It's time to talk about some of the narratives that we missed on. The most ridiculous narrative that you heard that was just wrong of the entire season. It doesn't have to be one of ours. It could it be yeah. it could be anybody's. Anything that was floating around in the Twitter sphere, internet sphere, Yahoo sphere, whatever it is. Chris, I you had one that I yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Pam Whitmore shouldn't go to the MJ. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. <laughs> that is the most oh, insane God. thing that's ever been uttered people, on the internet. People are like, I, he could use another year of college. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This is not the same guy. Like, like I understand that there's some guys who get drafted more on their skills versus their upside. But he's an upside guy. We're just not used to seeing that. And so there was a definite, a handful, a pool of people who were like, uh, from what I could see, he's not amazingly better than everybody at college basketball and therefore he should play another year like no 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 no, no. that's not how this works for him is a guy who could literally jump to the top of the backboard as a result he should go to the nba right fucking now that was that is the worst narrative that i saw this year to this day, I will. I try not to, but I'll start to type up our like responses when people are like, "I still think," because it's still happening. Yeah. People are stiff. You can go to corners of Villanova Twitter. I like. I don't think Cam's ready, and it's like you don't know ball. I don't know what else to tell you <laughs> there. You just don't know ball because one, he's more than ready, and I don't even need to talk about the merits of why NBA basketball is easier in the regular season than college basketball for players, but. It's just absolutely insane, um, and there's a reason why everyone, everything about Cam post leaving Villanova has been extremely positive. Every time he's talked to a, a team or anything like that, it's like, yeah. And we're all I put money on him to go third overall, so everyone we're cheering for that much. We're cheering for him to go with number three. Hold on one second. I'm sorry, but I need to bring up one other one that just came up recently because you said the words you don't know ball and. There was a back and forth on Twitter. I think it was a reply to one of the full 40s tweets. And and 
Alan Ray jumps into the replies. Oh. <laughs> Alan Ray jumps into the replies. And then there's some other guy. And I'm not going to drop ads because it's not the point to, to hate on random Twitter users. But this guy goes back and forth and back and forth with A-Ray. And the conversation concludes with this guy telling 2,000-plus point scorer, Naismith <laughs> Award, all finalist, All-American, Alan Ray. He goes, I know you played, but you don't know. <laughs> Absolutely electric. <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments of Twitter. I was like, this is the greatest tweet I've ever seen in my entire life. That is why Twitter exists, so that a person who is literally sitting on his phone can tweet to, quite literally, one of the better college basketball players to ever play college basketball. Like, just all-American objectively, you're one of the better ones to ever play, and say, you don't know ball. And there's no arguing that. Alan Ray can't fight back. What do you say? <laughs> you're done. He's fucking nuts, man. Um, going off of the cam thread, uh, Willie and I were talking about this before. It was there was like people thought that Cam was like a locker room cancer just because like he wasn't smiling all the time. Like you don't have to be smiling to be a perfectly good teammate. Um, that was kind of and it, there was no like there's no proof. It was just there was just totally unfounded. There's no indication whatsoever that that was even remotely close. It could have been, but like nobody has said anything. Um, it was never not yeah. a thing about it, and yeah. everything you saw on Instagram when he's he, hanging out with his teammates. There's uh, he did like a TikTok with Jordan Longino, and I was like, yeah, there's no way that that this team hates him. Like it was absolutely insane. Any other narratives that we have? Another bad one was that like. Uh... Angela, like the team's gonna miss Angelo Brizzy. Like Angelo Brizzy's like basically could have solved Brizzy. this team's problems. It's like, okay, sure, guys, couldn't crack the rotation, but he's the answer. When he so, made that shot in the blue white stripe, I was just about like, to say that. The Brian. Big East is gonna be so mad. Like what? <laughs> it's a scrimmage. I was there. I, I did that. Why was <laughs> it on TV? That scrimmage. It's the first time I've ever seen it on TV. Because uh, there's a lot like of a... hours of content to fill, Brian. Uh, yeah. It was like a stream. Thing. I'm um, glad it's on there. Yeah. Yeah, I went the one year and it was it was like kind of boring, but yeah. It's very like, yes, choppy, but do you think we I should don't... bring back Brizzy though? So then we can have a 10 man rotation? Well, Honestly. I have a reason for that. I the only reason I wanted him, well, just you know, obviously I wish everybody success, but I really wanted him to have like a heater of a game just to hear Gus Johnson yell easy breezy. That's that was it. Yeah, yeah. that's actually reasonable. I just wanted to hear about people talk about white Italians at Villanova. Very true. We don't. I don't we don't have any. That, oh, we have an arch. <laughs> we don't have. We have a captain. Yeah, uh, and yeah a exactly. graduate student. But I don't think we have anyone else. Com- we don't have anyone else coming after him. So we don't we have anyone be. else coming. All right. The Except line for- is. The line is. I don't care that you played. You don't know ball. <laughs> Electric. You should. Absolutely. You should get that like framed and send it. <laughs> yeah. We need to send that to Alan Ray. That's what it needs to be. I think that's what it is. We're not sending a malt liquor. We're sending Alan Ray just a screenshot <laughs> of that and framed. That's his 40 version. <laughs> I love it. He did. He did just start a podcast, Rain and Threes podcast. So yep. we are we are big believers in, even if it's not part of our network, big believers in all Villanova content is excellent. So we, but I would love for him to record that with this, with that tweet. 
blown yep. up in the background. I think that's terrific. He should put that in. He also owns like a home improvement company. He should put that tweet in every house that he builds. So, love it. Um, the final one is that Kyle's going to get fired after the last season. Now, like I, I, that to me was just like a stupid thing. Like it wasn't like, going to oh, be a one year thing. It yeah. was never going to be a one year thing. Like now, with that being said, with the way this portal has transpired, with the way the boosters have supported the program through this portal, I do think that they're that he is at risk after this year if they don't make the tournament. Uh, but 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 that but for year one, that was never going to get fired after year one. So, yeah, that's the only other one I'll throw out. For me, the one that we started with is the best narrative. To me, it's like the the best dumb narrative is the is the Cam Whitmore. I hope we stuff. I hope we get a chance to talk about how ridiculous the Chris Archer Diacono hate train was. But it's not better for this sporty than the Cam Whitmore isn't ready narrative. Like that just wins this one easily in my mind. Yeah, the Chris Archer Diacono hate train. It's a good topic. The Chris Hodge Yakino hate train was always dumb because he is who he is. And like, just because he played like it, that should be more part of the Kyle train than the Chris train. Right. Like, so I, yeah. I also thought the louder that hate train got like the sneaky, like better. He like started to play while nobody was like, people were so concerned that he was like, they were complaining but then he was like, he finished the year, like he shot 38% from three. Like, yeah, he wasn't great. And he, 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 you summed it perfectly. He is who he is. It's like, why are we hating on this kid for just like yeah. going in there and trying his hardest when he gets the opportunity? Yeah. The, the narrative was like, in the, I mean, if we're going to talk about the narrative, when we were two and five, we were looking for a scapegoat. People weren't putting it on Kyle. They were putting it on Chris Archdiakon. There was, it was a bench, basically that Chris was the reason that we were two and five, which is insane because no one's eighth man is the reason that they're two and five. Like that's just not it, there was everything that happened before before him that made us two and five, starting with Kyle, starting with injuries. Chris just like he is what he is, and it's he's valuable to the program, he's valuable to the team. That whole entire narrative was absolutely stupid. But I think it has to go to the people, the cam. It has to go to the cam should come back to school. Cameron was. There was never, never a world. Walk. Never yeah. a world. He may <laughs> never walk back on Villanova's campus again. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but never a world. That's where the um, our theoretical bottle of malt liquor goes to. But much more re- realistically, I'm actually going to make a note. We're going to send Alan Ray that tweet. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to screenshot it and send it to him. Yeah, that's going to happen. It was sent on May 18th, if that helps right, you let's find go. it. I think I have it bookmarked, honestly. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. The next award, uh, one that everyone's pretty familiar with, um, but it's the Pass the Fucking Ball Award. Ooh, can we pick a moment? Do I have to pick a moment or a player? Um, either or, why not? Okay, I, think I have, have a moment, moment and a I player. have a moment that was one singular player, yeah, so, so like it's kind of both. <laughs> um, but for me, I, I, I don't even remember the game that it was that it happened in, but it was Caleb Daniels. And and he missed a three, somehow corralled the rebound, ran out to the three-point line, shot it again, missed it, 
somehow got out the rebound. I don't know if he actually got the rebound or someone passed to him, but whatever, it doesn't matter. In my story, Brandon grabbed all the rebounds, um, grabbed, <laughs> grabbed the second rebound and shot it again and missed. And he missed like three, at least three three-point shots at the end of the game, <laughs> never passed the ball. And uh, it was like made for that moment. It was like, that is the pass the fucking ball award. <laughs> like he needed to pass. He just wasn't the guy in that moment. Um, look, Caleb, Caleb gave everything to the program. He, he, uh, he, he just got engaged. So kudos to him and congrats to him. He passed the rock there. He passed that rock, right? Like that was a good pass for him. But, but this year, just he he did everything he could to be the alpha and he he just it, it just wasn't in the cards for whatever reason it didn't work out and so but that that moment was emblematic um i think of of, of that whole moment and to me that was the past fucking ball award my only uh nomination is Kyle's like under 8 seconds left in a game timeout plays that he drew up that always just ended with like an Eric Dixon 33 foot three point attempt. So many times. Um, I don't necessarily want to get into that too much, but that's my only nom. A good nom. Yeah. That is, that is, that was a recurring theme. It was, that was a very good nom. My nomination um, goes to Cam Whitmore just because he didn't pass the ball. Um, it was just this is pure statistics, Cam. Love you. I'm so excited for your NBA future. I think he can do it, but 0.7 assists per game, 1.6 turnovers, pass the fucking ball. That was just what it was. And um, obviously, I know we kind of designed it for him not to pass the ball. Like it was kind of like Cam save us. But for the sake of this story, pass the fucking ball. That's my that's mine. I like it. I like Trevor. Those are three good. I think Trevor's is the one. For me, because it was just like this shouldn't happen multiple times, and then it fucking happened like at least three times. It, it was, was like, at least three, maybe four. Yeah, like it was like it was like he, I remember like versus the... Michigan State versus Marquette. It wasn't a three pointer versus Marquette versus Creighton. At Creighton, he had mm-hmm. that he he had the shot. Yeah, and there was at least one or two more. It was at least we three had a times. lot of close games and a lot of situations that ended with that. Yeah, I, I, I think actually, I think that might be the winner. Yeah, rather than try to nominate another one, I'm trying to decide between the ones that are already on the board, and I think I have to throw my weight behind uh, Kyle Kyle's end of half, end of game, uh, drawing up of plays, and that seriously being something we look for improvement on in year two, right? Yeah, like, yep. he was billed yeah. as the master recruiter that has played out in spades through the transfer portal season. Portal season. Now we need to see the success on the court. And that's like one of the biggest areas that I believe the whole fan base was like, what? So, <laughs> so we got to get, I got to give it to, I'm, I'm voting cop. Not that Jay was a fucking savant and out of bounds play calling. Oh, we had two. <laughs> we had the best two. I think we have to figure out if, this is side, if George can draw up out, out of bounds plays at Buffalo. Like, is it like a Jay Wright disciple thing that you just can't draw up an out of bounds play? Or like, I got to start watching a lot of Buffalo games to see if Buffalo just has like perfect out of bounds execution, um, or uh, yeah, out of bounds executions there, or if it's just like a Jay Wright thing. That's another thing, though, Willie. That that, that like you're like so weird about is like you say I'm gonna start watching more Buffalo games, and like I actually believe you. 
Oh, yeah. Like, oh. like if I said I was going to start watching more Buffalo games, I'd just be fucking lying. <laughs> I, I will say, like, I, I watched maybe, like, maybe one Buffalo game last year. It'll probably go up to, like, three. So, you know. That's three more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this one, I think, is everyone's favorite award. Um, there's talk about it getting a new name in the future, but this is our social media follow, social media person, tweet, whatever you want to call it, Twitter follow person of the year. I think there's a lot of nominations that we can have here. I'm going to take a little step back, let you all nominate people. Um, we'll talk about the potential renaming of the award a little bit later. So I'm going to nominate and it's biased like anything else that we do is um, it's biased because we just brought him on to the network, but Tommy Godin to me was the dude this year had the scoops. He had the Intel, but in addition to that kind of just had like a very steady hand. I feel like on the wheel of a very tumultuous season and off season. And I thought Tommy was just an electric follow um and someone who uh personally i've gotten to know over the year um i also thought that he blended in some other good content with his with his food takes so to speak and i took part in that with him once at the pavilion uh but i i just i thought tommy was a was an was an outstanding uh follow and kind of one of those years where like some years where you're really good you can kind of just go to the really funny person and some years where you're, when there's a lot going on, you want to sign up a steady hand. And I thought Tommy kind of was that steady guy, uh, whole season long. If you're talking about steady hands and you're not following the leader, I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) I think there might be another award for him. I think there might be another award. Has to be. be. (laughs) I'm going to nominate leaders, uh, burner account that predicted Bronny James to Villanova. (laughs) <laughs> which happened to come the day before he went to usc which i think was serendipitous so that means um, it could have actually been leader <laughs> that's what it, I, I, it must have been him it was just too on brand <laughs> it was either gonna happen or it wasn't gonna happen as they say uh, gonna... gotta throw a sacatology in the mix as always yep Sacatology so was good this year. He was so so that's the other side, right? Like yeah. it was a very tumultuous year, and Sacatology was like he's always funny, but he was like his his humor was I think that he found a way to still be very funny in a very tight year. Because he also had Seton Hall. He's I think he's like a, he's like a closeted Seton Hall, Seton Hall fan. Um so he had two very rough seasons to navigate. And uh <laughs> You just can't give him that much to work with. Um, I'm going to nominate, and I mean this like sincerely. I love this person's tweets. Every time she tweets, it makes me smile. Uh, I don't know if you've all seen her. Susan Falvey. <laughs> Susan Falvey. I, I love Susan. Susan, I love you. Uh, big big on calling Tommy, Tommy Scoops. Um, and just every time I see the UFO tweet with a port with the portal, it... <laughs> Brings joy to my heart. It's, it's the best. It's <laughs> Susan Falvey is a big one. I just have to throw her out there. Absolutely I, great. I'm, I'm all in. I love Susan. I was going to say, I don't have anything better than than Tommy G. I had a very similar experience 
Chris to what you just described. Like, didn't really know him at all before the season started. Started chatting, you know, uh, like texting. Had him on tip time a couple times. Became friends. Like, text about non Villanova things. He's a hustler. He's working so hard. Like, I I think he's like you know going to do some really good things when it comes to basketball reporting. And I just hope that Villanova stays a part of that for you know however far he goes because he has like legit talent for. I think basketball journalism and yeah. I think it's awesome that we're, you know, nominating for a 40 year, but we also reeled them into the, the Nova insider network. It's like pretty serendipitous there. So uh got to, got to, got to go, num- you know, a second, a second nom for Tommy G here. Yeah. I, I don't want to strong arm this, but like, I'm pretty high on Tommy G like Tommy also was like part of the um, road to the garden. Um, and they kind of cover the whole big East and, and, he has a lot, there's a lot of different personalities involved in that um, with Matt St. Jean and a couple other guys who are Chris Badinga, I think his name is, and um, and uh, Mike DeRosa. Like they do a great job over there, but like Tommy has been like, so, I, I keep saying steady hand. He's just like a steady guy. And like, I feel like that was just so needed for Nova Nation this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pushing Tommy G getting the 40 here. I mean, I feel like Tommy G is going to be it, but I just want to keep nominating some people. And I could wax poetic about Tommy. Um, this is one we brought up on the pod a little bit. And I just want to talk about it. Um, Chris Arch's number one fan, which we don't know might be Chris Arch himself, but great just because it came but at the is, time. But is Chris Arch's number one fan? Is Chris Arch's number one fan an actual Chris Arch supporter? Or a or a Chris Arch hater that is That's using right. this burner as like as like his like outlet. That's the beauty of it. I I cannot tell. That's what makes it such a great account. <laughs> I think it's a hater who is using it as an outlet. Honestly, but I, it's I just think you're right. I do think you're right. I think it's a hater that's using it as an outlet. I think it's sarcastic. Yeah, it's it's a little condescending. Uh, maybe not a little. <laughs> like I like I had to ask Brian if it was him. I had to ask Brian. <laughs> I I thought it was someone sincere until he talked about he told his boss some story. It was some story about wearing a Chris Arch jersey to work, and his boss promoted him because he didn't deserve it. It was like that's where I think he laid it on too thick, and it, it's a coping mechanism for him. But it's well done. <laughs> it's so good. It's really well done. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the new profile picture because Arch is number one fan. It's the same Chris Arch thing, but with the pride flag in the background. And it's, oh, absolutely, nice. it's absolutely killing me. I love uh, it. A June yeah, one yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I'm with you, Chris. I think it, it should go to Tommy. Um, for however long Tommy's going to be covering Villanova basketball, just you can see from his demeanor, from everything that he handles, like he's going to be covering Villanova, but he has a really bright future just in sports journalism in general. Like this is a great time um, to have him here. I like the idea of steady hand, especially like I didn't think about that wording of it, but during this year, I would look for his content more than anything because I knew he was going to ask good questions. He's going to write great articles, whether it's on VU hoops or to the garden, whatever he's doing. I knew that there was going to be great content coming from him. I'm excited. He's in the fold. I think this should go to Tommy. I have, I feel like we have a pretty good quorum there. Tommy gets my vote. I also just want to shout out uh, Eric Dixon, the dad. 
Oh, yes, great um, one. For keeping us sane, Mrs. Armstrong, too. Yep. They both were like, it, Chris and I had talked about it during the season, but it was like, it's it's insane how grounded they kept a lot of people and they kept, you know, helped me keep my faith once or twice. Um, try to A-Ray, obviously, gets a nod, as always. As always. Yeah. Awesome. Colin Gillespie also. Yeah. I almost said Colin. <laughs> Colin was very involved on social media this year. His team he's, is currently playing. Um, he's a little busy now, but between like January and March, he was really just, I was like, Colin, you should like, I don't know, do something else. <laughs> should be oh, rehabbing, dude. I do have to throw another nom in. I'm still voting for Tommy. Yeah. But late break Nova MBB account because they tweeted the most ridiculous tweet the other day it was like it was literally like a finals logo and it was like Kyle Lowry driven a basket dribbling a basketball and an edit of Colin Gillespie wearing a Nuggets jersey dribbling a basketball it wasn't an edit it was a summer league jersey that's <laughs> <laughs> like that's like Gillespie is rostered for this series, okay? That was wild. I, was like, I think I commented. I was like, this is the funniest fucking Nova MVP tweet ever. So it's um, that picture of Della Dadova guarding Michael Jordan. <laughs> 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 Which is one of my favorites ever because Michael Jordan's black and white, Delhi's in color. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, all right, well then, I think... Uh, the next couple I want to go to, um, as we're kind of getting towards the end of this, is one is, um, I don't know what order I want to do it. We're just going to go with um, one kind of, I feel like we all know this is going to go to, um, it's the Shaq fit man play man person of the year. Um, I'm just going to nominate who I think it should be. And it should be none other than Shaq fit himself. Yeah. Giving him just the flowers for the amazing work he's done through Villanova for the last, what, how long has he been at Nova? Ten years? It, it, was, it was almost 10. It was right around 10 yeah. years. I just think, I mean, obviously we named the award after after him, and this is just a shout-out to him for the amazing work he's done. We're going to have the weakest team in the country now that he's gone. So, yeah, yeah. I, am, I am not even going to accept another recipient of yeah. the award. I think we should just take this moment – to all bow to to Shaq and everything that he did for for Villanova for our podcast too, but for but for Villanova. Yeah, can, um, I, can I also say shout out? Like, I think that was the best original content that you guys have produced when yeah. you did the Shaq thing. So I am, and I'm saying that like dead serious. I want to at least mention that here, uh, especially you know Rob being your last episode and all. But uh, like, how many strength and conditioning coaches have a legitimately transformational impact on like an elite caliber program like guy's amazing yeah you yeah, know what's sure. wild is so you I, I don't know if you guys did you ever download the shack fit app i did yeah. so yeah. we like started giving it like free during covid and that's when i was like really i got in the best shape of my life just doing non like it was like non-weightlifting stuff it was all like plyometric and like just running and I just I followed the Shaq Fit app, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It was like two and a half months, and I was just following the app, and I was like, "I feel fantastic." And I mean, that's just the power of Shaq Fit, baby. I don't know what else to say. I love it. I love it. I did the same thing, Willie, and I was in really good shape. And then COVID kept going, and I started drinking more alcohol. Yeah, no. <laughs> then you had a baby. 
And then you had a, and then your wife. Then I had a child. Yeah. If COVID was like three months, I was walking out there perfect, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Two years is a little too long. Just laying it on thick. (laughs) But anyway, back to Shaq. Um, And I want to give Rob a moment to speak to Shaq just because Rob is really into fitness in general. But like this guy, like Chris, you hit the nail on the head. We reached out to him. He was super gracious the entire time. Like I, I can't even begin to tell you. Like we asked him, like, can just you, cold, just like cold outreach. Cold outreach. Can you work us out? We're going to record it in the place of your work, right? And then we want to sit with you and talk for a long time. And he was like, "Yeah, totally." And then on top of that, it was like it was like we did that whole thing, I, Rob. I think you and I were thinking maybe we'd get a couple hours with him yeah, total yeah. between the two things. And I think we spent the in like we spent the morning and early afternoon with him. He's, yeah. He recorded with us for like an hour and a half. He just wanted to chat. He was good. He was and then on top of that, it was like it was like the relationship that we built with him. Like Rob and I texted with him for, for since since yeah. up until today. I actually yeah. texted with him. Like he is he just was like a good dude i i don't know how to totally. say it better than that he's just like a good man like he's 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 family oriented um he gives a big amount of shit about his work he's loyal um i mean rob and i will even go like loyal to a fault like 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 the fact that he was with the program this long was actually loyal to a fault yeah um and and he was a, a just like a humble like gentleman um all through like straight up and down just like a really 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 good guy um and, and just a couple other things to point out like there was uh, colin gillespie actually brought it up on another podcast of ours but like like we reached out to him the day after villanova beat yukon a year ago in the big east tournament um and brandon slater had that block like and and we reached out to him and was like, can you record a video saying what's the Shaq Fitman play of the, of the year? And he was like, yeah, I'm all in. Like, and did it and posted it, and it was like it was he was he just like got he just was so in tuned and was like so appreciative that we wanted to work with him on that type of stuff. And on top of that, obviously, totally transformational conditioning program for the program because everybody everybody talked about it it was like these villanova guys are built like like fucking ox like they're like like the most rock solid guys like in the entire country i don't understand how they could be that good and he never got his flowers like it was very rare that his name got brought up on a broadcast but he deserved it because nobody would ever talk about the fact that the reason why Villanova was so built, like when people say culture this, culture that, culture this. No, it was twofold. It was one, Shaq was that much better than everybody else. And two, Jay and subsequently Kyle um, put such an emphasis on how they performed during the Shaq Fit Lab that like, that like it impacted playing time. So like, if you didn't buy into that, that was part of the culture of Villanova basketball. And to, to have that level of outsized importance is incredible. 
And final point, just to really put a bow on all of this, I asked, and it's it's on Twitter, so you can see it. I asked Jalen Brunson once he was doing a Q and A during COVID, and he said, and, and I asked, and he said, like, ask me anything. And I said, who's the most underrated but most important person to the Villanova program? And he responded, all caps, quote tweet, Coach Shaq. So like, there you go. The goat says that Shaq is the goat. Shaq is the goat. So. And- to your point, Chris, this past season, I brought two friends to a game separately who both played like high-end college football. Both of their comments were, these dudes are big. Like both one played at West Virginia, there was Syracuse. So they worked out with college basketball players. And they were like, our guys never looked like this. Like, like that's just what stood out to both of them, just looking at the kids, which I thought was pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah. Rob, yeah. Sorry, I said a lot, but yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I don't know. It's some more to add. I mean, I think we hit a, a lot of the, a lot of the facets of it, from the importance of it to just, I think, you know, Shaq's just, just generosity and, and kind of opening up the lab was super cool. If I remember correctly, he may have even offered that. I can't remember if we even thought we'd be able to get that and do a workout with him, but he offered it up pretty freely, which was, which was super cool. And then obviously, just, you know, it wasn't even like, oh, I'll show you around. It was like, no, like stick around here for forty-five minutes or whatever it was. So. Uh, just a really, really cool experience overall. Obviously, did a lot for our podcast, so we have a you know great personal thanks there. Um, and obviously, you know, he's his work did a, just a ton for the program and kept the guys in in great health. Which you know, knock on wood, like the team has been really healthy with the side of the uh, side of Justin and the broken hands. Which certainly, there's nothing you can really do about that. It's kind of a fluke thing. Um, we did ask about that on the episode. We were yeah, like, yeah, why, we why are these guys getting breaking hands? Like, what's up with you? <laughs> so it's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, no, he'll he'll absolutely be missed for sure. It's uh, you know, replacing another top top tier talent part of the program. Like it'll be challenged, but hopefully who comes in next will have to step up too. But yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch with Jack and curious to see uh and excited to see kind of what comes next for him. And just as a heads up for everybody else. So he's had offers on the table for years from everybody, from like whatever. Uh, he's going to go be Russell Wilson's personal trainer. Um, you know, just go ahead and say that. Like he's that's that's one of the things that he's doing. He's going to do a bunch of other stuff, but he's got a lot of celebrity and and athlete reach outs. One of those is Russ Wilson, um, the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So just to get you an idea of the level that we're operating here, um, and. And in addition uh, to that, in terms of successor, handpicked, <laughs> Villanova did a national search and found a guy who was um, uh, who uh, was uh, a assistant of his back like several years ago. It wasn't assistant right this 2013, 2014, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was earlier on, but a guy who's like fully bought into the Shack Fit program. As like a as like a way to do, he's like a disciple of Shackfit. So so I think we're in good hands, but obviously the flowers need to go, and the bottle of malt liquor that he would definitely never drink um, needs to go to uh, John Shackleton. I think that's awesome. I think that's it. So I have one more. I think our big one that I want to hand out, but I'm going to pause. I think there might be a couple more that. You guys might want to add. There's at least one more. There's at least one more. Is it the NIT one I'm forgetting? No, it might be that. But I was going to bring up the, I was going to bring up the, um, the, uh, 
the the toxic positivity one. Oh yes, the toxic positivity one. There we <laughs> yes. go. So we talked about some negative narratives uh, that were a, a little crazy, but I think we need to bring up some of the folks who were a little positive to the toxic end uh, of the spectrum here. And um, and there's a few nominees here, but we're gonna call the award for the future reference the Leader Johnson Award of Toxic Positivity. And my nominee for the eponymous award is Leader Johnson. <laughs> has to be. Has as to be. of yesterday, tweeted out that the 2023-2024 edition of Villanova Basketball um, is arguably more talented than the greatest team that we've ever fielded. <laughs> So, so I, I think we could give, I, I think I, my nominee is for the, the, my nominee for the leader Johnson toxic positivity award is leader Johnson. That statement is so insane to me because <laughs> there was what six MB, like Colin hasn't played yet, but six people who have played in an NBA game or will have played Colin will do it next year. No, that'll be seven. Who's Was the seven? What? I think it was oh, no, Phil, Phil didn't but, play. Yeah. But then Jermaine had a really good G League year. Like if you told me Jermaine in like a season gets like a game or two in the NBA, I wouldn't be shocked. So potentially seven NBA players on that team. And this team, I hope this team is better than 2018. I'll have a great year. But if we talk about toxic positivity, that's the definition of it. I I I totally agree with you. The craziest thing about it is I because like I saw he was going back and forth with Chris Lane earlier today because Chris Lane was just like, this is crazy, dude. <laughs> Chris and, had the time. And Chris and, Lane is another nominee. <laughs> and 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 uh and leader kind of gave him the like you don't know ball sort of response, right? But like the original tweet had like it, I looked at it, it was like pushing like 90,000 impressions. So uh unfortunately it it you know for whatever he was going for there, it might have worked, you know what I mean. No, he's, he's getting the tweet. eyeballs. The he's, best he quote got tweet, the eyeballs on that. The best quote tweet of that tweet was a guy I interact with a little bit on Twitter, but he's a Providence guy. Bang City Friars is his is his at. He's he's he he if you don't want to get on this guy's bad side because he'll just like shred you like constantly. But um he goes by the name Bluff, but he literally <laughs> he was like <laughs> It's like I see that fentanyl has made it to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh another, God. fentanyl lace crack. I think he said. Yeah, it was. I see that fentanyl lace crack has made it to the main line. Another big one was um, Ant Wright. I don't know if y'all know. No, he's like a basketball scout. He has like takes that are right, that are wrong, but he's like pretty big in like like the Hooper community. Um, and he quote tweeted leader as well, basically calling him out because he also apparently leader didn't have Franz Wagner on his like top 100 board like three years ago, which is insane for, to not have a guy who was a lottery consensus player <laughs> on your top 100 board. But he quote tweeted him. And I think that's where like the a lot of the views came from because he has like 60 something thousand followers on Twitter and basically called out leader. So I, leaders, I mean, leaving leaders time in the ranks. Yeah. I have a few other nominees. Go off. Four other nominees. Me. <laughs> uh, Chris Lane. So a lot of people named Chris. Because me, 
Chris Lane, Chris Natara, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Nova starting five guys. I love all these people, but the Nova starting five guys, all on the toxic positivity train moment, whatever. I feel like I derailed myself early enough to probably not win this award. <laughs> but I, was I don't, I don't think it. that's fair for you, to be honest, because I subtweeted all of these people. And I know sometimes you thought I was mentioning you. And as as the critic of the positive people, I, I don't think that fit. Like, I think you're giving yourself too hard of a time for that, um, to be fair, which I'd rather not be. But <laughs> Chris Nataro, I'm giving you a hard time a little bit. But uh, oh, no, I, I deserve it. I, I think that and, and we I feel like we talked about this at times during the season, Chris, like uh, in private, like. I feel like there were times where just like as a fan, as an alum, and as like a Mets and Jets fan, I was like getting so like in my personal life and in my personal mind about the team, I was like kind of getting like, oh no, like please Villanova like, cannot become another like Mets and Jets in my life. Like I literally <laughs> will not survive that. Um, that like in, in private, I was like maybe skewing a little bit more negative. And so like public, you know, my, you know what I, I was just more, more so just like, I don't know. I just didn't want to add to like the negativity that was swirling. And so I was like trying to like be a little bit more uplifted, uplifting. And I think at times that was de- definitely uh, to a fault. So I can, uh, I can appreciate the honorable mention, but I'd also like to think I wouldn't win necessarily be a, be a, a true candidate uh, to really win this award. I think you're fair. I think you're in a good spot. It's got to be a leader. It's Honestly, got, it, I mean, it has it's to be, comes close. It to has to be. Yeah. Just no, the last couple of days has been so crazy. He's like, been really, crazy. he's been really on some stuff the last couple of days. <laughs> like, <laughs> this off season, like he's always been this, but this off season, I've been like, you're really laying it on thick right now. Like I don't know, it's rough. I, I mean, the, the tweet that really turned me towards being like, because I always like, I, I've been aware of him for a long time, and. And I was like, okay, like I'm just gonna let this kind of ride. The thing that really bothered me, I don't know why this was the one, but there was um we started offering 2024 guys, and he tweeted out that they were impressive offers. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like I could offer Christian Bliss, yeah. right? Like, like, <laughs> like here, Christian Bliss, you come play for Chris Bellotti. You can come play for me. Is that an impressive offer? Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> can we not forget when I did a deep dive with him last year because he said Kyle Neptune was an elite recruiter and I found all of his old tweets where he literally said that about every other assistant coach except oh Kyle Neptune. <laughs> and then I found the tweets where he was tweeting at coaches saying, DM me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe a, no- a nominee should be the... The Brian leader, like all Twitter, fake Twitter day you did as. Oh yeah, that was a great day. Was like a month or two ago? Locked me because of that, which like I saw coming, but like I thought he would at least mock me and then do it. He didn't even acknowledge it. It was sad. You that that was a rough day because like you got me a couple times where you tweet. I was like, there's no way leader. I was like, oh no, it's just Brian. You were the one the day before that was like, you should do that. I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I gave you the idea, and it's still. That was my favorite Friday of 2023. <laughs> All right. We have the, the 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 ultimate award, the Alpha Dog, right? Yep, Alpha Dog. Um, 
we all know who this is going to. We have Chris is wearing her jersey. We haven't spoken about her much on this pod, but the alpha dog goes to Maddie Segrist. <laughs> We're not nominating anybody else. There's there's not an option. Yeah, there's not anything sure. else to talk about, but the the joy of watching Maddie Segrist play this year uh, has, I mean, over the last four years has been fantastic, but then this year taking it up to another level, the joy of the, and pain of the Miami game of us getting the doors blown off of us and then just seeing that comeback happen the joy I felt during that that comeback was unreal. Um, but Maddie Segrist, all-time um, Villanova leading scorer, all-time Big East leading scorer, um, one of the, well, I think, finished like sixth in single season um, scoring uh, behind Kelsey Plum. Uh, just one of the statistically greatest seasons that we've ever seen, that we will ever see, that college basketball has ever seen, um, is on the wings now. Um, has started off a little bit slow, but it's starting to figure it out and it's starting to like carve out some minutes and starting to play a little bit better. Um, but M- Maddie Segrist, this has been just an absolute like. If, P- if once again, we, we said this before, we waxed poetic about her before, but if you don't recognize that what we watched at Villanova was one of the, I'll just go back and say, 50 greatest women's basketball players of all time, like that's what that's what we just saw this year. So, Maddie Segrist the alpha dog of the year. And, and and because it's a year award and not necessarily even a career award, it's a year award. She had like one of the five best basketball seasons ever. <laughs> yeah. And I think one that was games ever. Yeah. Yeah. With the 50, 50 points on yeah, six, she missed, 50. She missed six shots. She missed six shots. Yeah, and I, I, wasn't, I, I try not to like tear Caitlin Clark down because she also had an amazing year. But like, and I know it's such a Homer's opinion, but like, how did Maddie not win that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of the nature of the whole beast. But whatever. I, I, I think the I think the moment where it really solidified was when we run when we fully won Rob over on it. Not that Rob was ever like fuck Maddie Segrist. Like Rob was just like, are we really like like? Yeah, yeah. Rob was just Rob was just naturally skeptical of everything. <laughs> It's and very, then we started when, then we started running through the statistics on this year and rob was like holy fuck yeah like, I yeah yeah i didn't realize like the echelon that she was in i was like oh shit like that's uh there there are very few people above her i was like oh okay like yeah it's pretty legit yeah because she, she got plenty of hype last year too because she was um even last year she won the the equivalent of biggest like the, player of the year last year. Yeah. She won biggest player of the year. She also won uh like power uh, forward of the year. Karina, I forget what the yeah, whatever the yeah, yeah they're they're the women's power forward of the award. And that I was like, oh, okay, well that's uh, that's pretty legit. And then yeah, it was like this year I was like, wow, it's the jump she took was was absolutely crazy. Like coming off that, it's it's tough to follow it up, and she obviously followed it up and then some. Super. Katrina cool. McLean. I wanted to just get their name right. Katrina McLean. That's right. Yeah. She was. She was absolutely fantastic. And then that doesn't even go to speak to kind of like the culture fit that she was for everything that is Villanova. She was just unbelievable. Like the video of her at the St. John's game when there was like a crowd of like 50, 60 people like swarming her little girls, like whatever their families. And like everyone's asking for a signature. And I think they probably, I think the story from that was that they had to literally, Villanova had to literally pull her away because she was like, whatever. 
And like then afterwards, ask her about it. And she's like, if I could just impact one little girl and she wants to play basketball, I'm like, I'm fucking in tears. I'm like fucking crying. Like, this is the most beautiful thing as the father of a daughter. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I'm like, this woman is just unbelievable. And then she goes and gets drafted. Number three. Number three. Uh, um, in the draft and is a professional. And yes. Yeah. It didn't take her long to adapt to being a professional because the way she conducts herself is like a professional. So exactly. like on top of everything else from an accolade perspective, as a representative of all of all of our alma mater, like it, she is just absolutely fantastic. A clear alpha dog of the year, not even close, no one even in the same echelon. And maybe never, ever will there ever be anybody in the same echelon. But she has put that women's program on her shoulders and has created a circumstance where that women's program has a chance, has a chance right now to jump into kind of like a top level program. Yep. And that's because of Maddie Seagrass. hundred percent. That's just, that's the beauty of it. Anything else to say about Alpha Dog, about Maddie? Uh, hang the hang the fucking jersey. Get it up immediately. That, Don't that wait five years. Do yeah. it now. That's true. Yeah. I didn't mean to disassociate. I was just with the end of this Miami Denver game was just crazy. Um, Kyle Lowry draws even one one with Colin Gillespie. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I was a Michael Porter Jr. three away from making like. Four thousand dollars. So I was also looking, and I missed that. So that sucks. I'm sorry, Willie. Will, Willie's got some close bets that uh, just. Yeah. Willie's betting like uh, Villanova's, you know, five point losses all season. One so shot close. away. Yeah. One shot away. So close. I, um... I make the big parlays. I get six out of eight of them, or seven out of eight, and then I'm like, damn, if I just took one. If I just took two off. Uh, all right. Um, so I think that ends the award section on the 40s then. <laughs> <laughs>